Welcome to the F-Sharp Podcast presented by Harmony Wealth. I'm your host, Tanner Bortnum, and with me is co-host Adam Henning. In this episode, we go over our year-end checklist of things for you to review. We hope you'll find this episode helpful. Please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. to the F-Sharp Podcast, presented by Harmony Wealth, a podcast geared to educate you on all things financial. Co-hosts Tanner Bortnam and Adam Henning discuss various financial topics presented in a consumable and entertaining manner. Tanner is a certified financial planner, JD, and financial expert, while Adam is a marketing professional and small business owner. It's time to harmonize. Sit back and enjoy the episode. Your future self will thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the F-Sharp Podcast. I'm Adam, joined as always by our financial expert, Tanner. Tanner, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Adam. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving as well. Oh, yes, yes. What is, uh, what's your favorite thing about Thanksgiving side or, or maybe tradition? Um, I'm probably a terrible person to ask this to. I'm, I'm actually not a big fan of Thanksgiving. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, just with my Sounds background. Sounds like a story behind Yeah, that. a little bit. Um, yeah, just with my background, I think it's, it's probably just a mental block I still have, but, uh, I was a wrestler in high school. And so, you know, unfortunately that requires you to, you know, either maintain or cut weight and, also, unfortunately, it's during the winter months, so both Thanksgiving and Christmas fall <laughs> into wrestling season. Where, um, for you know, my high school years, I was at both of those and could, you know, only eat so much, um, you know, at at each meal, rather than be able to do the wonderful thing of Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is absolutely stuff yourself into a food coma. Um, so I got to watch everybody else do that. Um, and so, you know, I just took a little bit of the, the fun out of it and I'm, you know, probably still working through that. But, uh, so I guess that that's probably a thing, but if I had to say my, my favorite thing, just getting together with family, you know, it's a, it's obviously a good, good time of year, um, you know, to, to meet up with family and, and see them and, and just spend, spend time together. But, um, yeah, the the meal itself to me is it just is did what have, it is. <laughs> do you have trouble making weight? Uh I wouldn't say trouble, but I mean like like my senior year I I cut uh about 17 18 pounds. Um you know Ooh. and yeah, I'm not a a large person um or or you know and definitely wasn't at that time in high school. So um I just had to be really diligent. Uh yeah, I know a lot of people dislike wrestling for a multitude of reasons one of which is you know having to cut weight and i i never did any of the ridiculous things you know i never name you know name the list we don't need to go through all the the gross things that i'm sure people who have known wrestlers that cut weight did uh yeah i didn't do any of that i was i was very disciplined very diligent you know i ate um multiple 
small meals throughout the day. I'd work out, you know, twice a day. Um, and, you know, just kind of did it slowly and, and, um, yeah, as, as healthy, I guess, as you probably can do at, at that time when you're, you know, a, a growing person and trying to, uh, go so, through that phase of your life. So you were, while everybody else was shoving their face full of turkey, mashed potatoes, you were at the veggie tray. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big salad eater. When it, the other part was that it's not, um, what, what I found out was it's not, you really start looking at calories and I'm not a you know, nutritionist or anything like that by any means, but you really start looking at calories and, and I, I started to look at, um, you know, I can eat a whole plate full of this, um, or four bites of that. Well, even though I'm not a big fan of, you know, uh, salads and different things like that, I'm still not a, a I don't do a good job of eating enough of those, but yeah, I still want to eat that because that's more. Like I still get to eat more of that. And you know, you look at you kind of just look at things like that, and and um, yeah, hung out more at the veggie tray and stayed away from the dessert area. And which, I guess, if I had to pick a favorite food, it'd be pumpkin pie. Um, and that part mm. was was really sad. Yeah, no, no pumpkin pie. I'm not a big pie guy. Like yeah, yeah. pumpkin pie yeah. at Thanksgiving is fine gotta have a bunch of cool whip or ice cream but i don't know i'm just not a pie guy i'm actually with you um i really kind of only like pumpkin pie or uh like sweet potato pie um and one piece around this time of year um but i don't like the ice cream or the whipped cream just just the pie itself and yep and i'm good for a year (laughs) (laughs) Uh, good for the year Uh, yeah what's your uh what's your favorite thanksgiving tradition uh, it's the green bean casserole, hands down. Oh, that and is good. That the is the most good. underrated item on Thanksgiving is the dinner roll, because yeah. that's that's what you finish your plate off with. You you squeegee it all off, and then you finish <laughs> it off with the, the dinner roll. Make sure you get every last drop off. There. Yep. No, I told Greta when we met in college because I didn't go home for Thanksgiving because my parents live in Florida, um, so I went. I think yeah, my senior year. That was uh, that might have been the first time I met her parents was Thanksgiving. That might, mm. I think that's right. Um, but I said if your your parents or Thanksgiving at your house doesn't have green bean casserole, I'm not showing up. <laughs> 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 and uh, uh. <laughs> I don't think that they were big green bean casserole fans. So I think that was the first year they had it, and now that's the running joke. So it's it's there. It makes its presence every year because of of that's me. That's good. So. Well, and it'd be funny if they just made a single serving portion just for you. I think it was a very it. small bowl. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's so. good. Well, you know, it's always good. You know, sounds like both of us, you know, whether there's food involved or not, the you know, key is getting with family and seeing people. So, yep, yep. Oh. So I love this time of year. Yep. End of the year. So end of the year is approaching. Um, recording this in uh, late, late. Um, November. There's a couple of things that uh, we want to go over before the year ends for financial reasons. Uh, so this episode is going to be focused on things to do or checklist for the end of 2021 or, or year end checklist. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know hopefully everyone that listens to this you got a you know month roughly uh, if you listen to it you know 
right after we've posted it. You got a, a month or, or so to you know just check in on these things. Some of them will apply to you, some of them won't. Um, but it's good to at least, um, as we go through these, think about whether it applies to your situation, and you know just double check and make sure that everything is uh, you know good to go or has been done for the year, so that uh, you're ready to go and and every, starting off on a good foot uh, for 2022. With that said, I, I, I probably check my accounts uh, almost every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, sure. So what are, what are the first things that we should do um, to, to make sure everything's in line um, for 2022? Yeah, so uh, well, starting with that, with your accounts, um, you know, the investment accounts, uh, if you're working with a you know, financial advisor, they should be doing this um, you know, throughout the year or, or at least at the end of the year, depends um, how they're, they're set up. But if you're doing this, uh, doing investments and managing things on your own, uh, you're going to want to look at rebalancing your portfolio. Uh, you know, 2021 thus far has been pretty good in terms of returns, some areas better than others. And so, you know, what you had started out the year at uh, having a you know, portfolio of X percentage into however many different categories that you may have is probably now skewed. And instead of having, uh, we'll just make something up, instead of having uh, 10% in large cap growth, maybe now you have 15. Well, if your you know, plan is that you still want it at 10, now is a good time to um, you know, pair back, uh, you know, sell off, capture those gains, and get that percentage back in line of where they're all supposed to be um, and, and that's just called rebalancing your portfolio, getting everything back in line, uh, with the percentages that you had set up, uh, so that it's appropriate for, um, you know, your situation. What are some of the things we can do with those gains? Uh, well, what you do in that situation is they would, so you'd say if you're, if you're up in a certain area, you'd sell out of, um, you know, whatever that area is. And then those gains would go back and be reinvested into other areas that may not have, you know, maybe are at a loss or maybe have kept, haven't kept up as much, um, so that you're really just bringing the portfolio back in line. Um, so it's, it's not that they just get sold off and, and sit there and do nothing. You're, you're reinvesting them into, you know, the other areas of your, of your portfolio and bringing them up to, uh, their correct, um, percentage that they're supposed to be at if, if they're below that. What what if we don't um, pay attention or, or rebalance? What what are some negative things, if anything, that could happen? And why is rebalancing um, something that you advise doing? Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's obviously a ton of negative things that could happen. I mean, if you if you don't do this regularly, I mean, for my clients, I do this quarterly. Um, but if you don't do it at least once a year, and and all of a sudden a few years go by. Um, to keep going with my analogy of that that large cap growth uh, section, let's say it, it's supposed to be at ten percent, and if you don't do this for a few years and the markets do well, and well, all of a sudden, what if that's at you know thirty percent? Well, now you have significant um, you know portion of your portfolio. You wanted to be at ten. You're two times higher at thirty, and so if large cap growth now does poorly you have more in that area that's going to get hit harder. And so, um, you know, 
again, it, it goes back to having a financial plan, which we harp on, you know, every single time we have a, a podcast on all of them, um, or, or an episode, I guess I should say, um, you know, it's just, it's just maintaining. It's like, uh, you know, if you go to the dentist, like you want to go to the dentist, get your teeth cleaned twice a year, right? It's, it's maintaining, keeping things in order based on the plan that you have set. You don't want to let it get out of whack and just forget about it. Um, because otherwise, yeah, you're, it's going to get off your, your financial plan is going to get, get off course because your percentages are going to be out of whack. So that should be done quarterly or is that uh, uh, something not necessarily? That's, okay. Yeah. I do it quarterly. Um, you know, if, if you wanted to do it monthly, you could do it monthly. I think that's probably overkill. Um, you know, some people do it two times a year. Some people do it annually. Um, I think you should at least do it annually. Um, if not semi-annually, you know, if you run your own portfolios, semi-annually is probably best. Um, you know, quarterly might be too burdensome for you if you're doing your own because it's a lot of work. Um, but yeah, somewhere in that, make sure you're at least doing it once a year. Uh, and then kind of going with that, you know, looking at your portfolios, another thing to look at is uh, what's called tax loss harvesting. So um Again, if you're working with a financial advisor, hopefully he or she is looking at this and, and doing this for you and trying to help out. Um, but what tax loss harvesting is, is this is now not for retirement accounts. So if any money that's in a retirement account, does not this does not apply to you. This is going to be only a regular taxable investment account. Um, you know, Accounts where if you buy or sell something, you have to pay taxes on the gains and you get deductions on the losses. And so what I do with clients around this time of year is I go through their accounts, and if there are any investments that are at a loss, I'll sell those because that loss now gets to help with their taxes. They get to write that loss off. And we will buy that position back, but we will wait until you know January. You have to wait... Um, they have a, it's called a wash rule where you want to make sure you wait um, 30 days to get passed. So you don't want to buy it. You want to sell it and then immediately buy it back. Um, but you want to, um, you know, look at those because you could sell those off, get a deduction on your taxes this year, buy it back in the future and, you know, and be fine from that standpoint because um, your portfolio is still going to be positioned the same, but you're able to, to capture those tax losses and, and help out on, on, um, on your taxes for the year. So those are kind of the two big things when it comes to your actual investments to look at towards, um, towards the end of the year. Um, kind of moving along on that, some other things to look at that are very, very, very important. Um, what are called required minimum distributions. Uh, so anyone that has this, uh, you could be, uh, the rules changed a couple of years ago uh, so that it's now bumped up to 72. Um, but if you were taking required minimum distributions prior to that, it, it started at 70. So basically, uh, if you have a, a pre-tax retirement account, uh, you're going to have what are called required minimum distributions. And it's, uh, it, it's required uh, in the name and it's the minimum amount that you have to take out. And if you do not take that out, it is a 50, five, zero, 50% penalty that the IRS will hit you with um, for any amount you don't take out. So again, um, 
Your advisor should be on top of this, helping you make sure that you get that money out before the end of the year. If you're running your own, um, you want to make sure you get that required minimum distribution out. And that's going to be, you know, people that are, uh, we'll just say 70 plus for some people, it's 72 plus um, in the newer years. Now, a caveat with that is if you are one of the people that have an inherited IRA, what that is, is that someone who has passed away had an IRA and they gave it to you and you still have money in an inherited IRA. You now also likely have required minimum distributions unless you inherited that within the last you know, year or so uh, when the rules changed. If you've had this for more than a year, you're going to have required minimum distributions on that. And that doesn't matter what your age is. You could be 20 years old. If you inherited an IRA more than you know a little over a year ago, you will have required minimum distributions that you have to take out of that account too. So make sure you're not missing that. Um, that is one I, I have seen that gets missed the most is on the inherited IRAs. Um, and again, the penalty is the exact same, 50 50% penalty on the amount that you did not take out. And when people miss it on inherited IRAs, they're typically missing it for multiple years. So you are going to, you know, I hope that this isn't you know, anyone listening um, or, or you know, any of that. But um, please, please, please check that on any of your retirement accounts. So the RMDs are annual, right? Yes, correct. Annual so, amounts. Annual amounts, but you you can take payouts. Do you have options on the amount of time? You can take monthly. So how oh, how yeah. often? Yeah, they don't. IRS doesn't care. You can take yeah. it out whenever you want. It's just saying uh, if your required minimum course. distribution is ten thousand dollars for the year twenty twenty one, you have to take ten thousand dollars out at some point in twenty twenty one. They don't care if you take it out in January. They don't care if you take it out. Um, X amount per month, X amount per quarter, X amount semi-annually. They don't care. You just have to get all 10000 out before the end of the year. That's what they sure. care. Yep. And if you don't, using that same um, example, it would be $5,000 penalty? Yeah, penalty? it'd be a $5,000 okay. penalty yep, for not taking that out. In which case, you still have to take it out and pay yep. taxes on the full 10000 then give them a $5,000 penalty, but you're paying taxes on all ten but you only get to keep five, but then you're paying taxes on it. So you don't even really get to keep five. You're going to keep probably three and a half roughly. So yeah, it's really, really, really bad. Just please check that. Make sure that you have all of your required minimum distributions out for your uh, pre-tax retirement accounts or uh, an inherited IRA if you have one of those. In theory, you could just take that right away in January and throw that into a traditional account, right? Just a, a stock account or a trading uh, account? Yeah, I just want to um, caveat with what you're saying. Not a traditional account. Um, or, you can take that out in January, yes, and then you can put it into just a regular what? investment account or your yeah. checking account or whatever it is. Um, it cannot go back into you know, a different IRA. It has to come out, be taxed. Um, but then, yes, you could put that into a regular investment account. We talked about inheriting an account. The next one you have here is beneficiary de designations. Yeah, um, towards the end of the year, uh, it's good to you know take a look 
just review your beneficiary designations, um, you know, review your state plan and just make sure that everybody's name that's in there, um, you know, that they're, they're still alive. They still have the capacity to represent you if they're named in that capacity. Um, any of your beneficiaries, if something has come up, um, you know, again, make sure that all the beneficiaries, hopefully they are all still alive, whoever you're wanting to give funds to. Typically people, you know, give those to, you know, their kids, you know, spouse first and then their kids. Um, you know, make sure that, that uh, what if you, if your kids got married, does that affect things? Uh, if your kid, if your children had children and now your grandparent does, you know, do you need to add contingent beneficiaries? Did they have another grandchild where you need to add that person on? Cause you only have, you know, two grandchildren listed and you know, there, there is a third now or, you know, any of those things you want to just review that, make sure it's as accurate as possible. It's nothing super strenuous by any means, but um, towards the end of the year is a really good time to make sure uh, the accuracy of those. Um, other things with, uh, you know, the end of the year um, and kind of going back a little bit to your required minimum distributions, uh, there's charitable contributions that that's you know, if you want to make contributions to charity, um, you can use your required minimum distributions directly to charity. You're going to have to work with the your advisor or the financial institution that you have your funds at um, to send it directly to the charity. Um, and it, it's if you don't need those funds and you're going to give money to this charity in particular, it's a great way of doing that. You get to save the taxes on um, you know, on that required minimum distribution. So instead, instead of using our 10,000 analogy from earlier, instead of getting the 10,000 required minimum distribution, putting it in your checking account, paying taxes on that, and then giving $10,000 to the charity, you can just give 10,000 to the charity straight out. The money never comes to you, but you don't pay, you know, the taxes on it, whatever that amount is, 10, 20, whatever per bracket you're in, you know, you're going to save you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars on that because you're going to give it to the charity anyways. And that's a really, really good strategy. Um, if you had planned on doing charitable giving and you have a required minimum distribution that, that you, uh, don't need. Um, some other things to look at, uh, after that, uh, if you're still working, um, you know, you have until the end of the year to make contributions to your HSA accounts, um, you know, making, if, if that's something that works in your financial plan, if that's something that you want to do, um, you know, adding, adding funds, uh, up to the, you know, the maximum amount into your HSA, same thing with your employer retirement accounts. If you're working, um, any of those like 401k, 403b, anything like that through your employer, if you want to try to, you know, add extra funds or or max that out. You have until the end of the year to do so and increase those contributions to get to a higher amount. Because once the year rolls over and we're now in 2022, we start over at, at zero again. So if you're a person that's trying to max out your 401k, you, know, you have to do that obviously before the end of the year, because once you get to 2022, it's going to reset. You're going to be at zero and you can't fill up the bucket from 2021 if you didn't fill it up in 2021, so to speak. Um, and another one, uh, since we talked a little bit about HSAs, uh, some people, um, they're, they're becoming less and less popular, which is a good thing, but they're called FSAs, a flexible spending account. 
um, for medical expenses. These unfortunately have a use it or lose it uh, component to them. So if you have put money into an FSA or if your employer has put money into an FSA for you or anything like that, um, you need to use those. So if you have any, you know, dentist appointments or, you know, if you need a checkup for medical or anything, chiropractic, anything that you can use that for, um, you may as well get that done before the end of the year or else any money in there, uh, you lose it and it goes back to zero. Whereas what we talked about, uh, you know, just a couple minutes ago, the HSA, the, the health savings account, um, that can carry over. So that's not one where you have to worry about spending all of it in a given year. If there's extra funds in there, that's okay. Those will roll over and, and so you don't have to worry about it. It's only if you have the FSA. And then really the last one, um, kind of from the investment side of things that I think is really important to look at is, uh, you know, we had a podcast on this, um, you know, just, uh, probably be about a month ago now or so, um, where we talked about Roth conversions, um, you know, Get with your advisor if you haven't already. From listening to that one, um, get with your advisor or or you know try to do the calculations on your own. Um, but look at whether Roth conversions make sense for you. Um, there's a good chance that they probably do. Um, and you know look at how much you should be doing. Calculate that out. How you're going to accomplish it. Any of those things and get that calculated because if you're going to do a Roth conversion it has to be completed by December 31st uh, to count for this year. That's Can't episode do... five, by the way. Perfect. Yep. So episode five. How yeah, long so does that take? Two to... episodes again. How long does that take to process? Is it a day? No, no. Uh, it, it depends. It really depends who you're working with, uh, who you're, um, you know, who holds the funds that you have. I with doing all the Roth conversions that, that I do for clients, my deadline is we need to have those in by December 1st. And it's not Ooh. that it's going to, yeah, it's not that it's going to take a whole month. It's just, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want right. to have the stress. I don't want to be in the middle of holiday season, you know, Christmas, trying to spend time with family and friends and be stressed out because you know, some of these aren't done yet. I don't, I don't want to get into that position. I don't want to have my clients get in that position. So we've been doing planning all year long so far. We know how much we're going to do. It's either been taken care of already, or we're going to do it at the beginning. Now, if you're listening to this and deciding, oh, you know, shoot, I need to do some Roth conversions. You can probably get it done in, I'm going to say a week. You know, if you called up either your advisor or if you're doing stuff on your own, if you called up the um, you know, financial institution that you utilize and say, I want to do this and make sure you tell them we need this expedited. They should know that it needs to be done by the end of the year, but you know, don't take anything for granted. Tell them it needs to be expedited. Tell them it needs to get done immediately um, and really try to push that through. Um, give yourself a week minimum. But even that, I'd say Try to get it done before Christmas because you're going to run into Christmas holidays and people, you know, they get Christmas off and they might have uh, Christmas Eve, you know, day off and, and then there's weekends in there. And, you know, it's just just don't don't, don't back yourself into a corner. Try to get it done, obviously, as, as soon as you can um, before before Christmas that there's plenty of time to get that done. 
So that's that's really it from kind of the investment, um, you know, things I talk with my clients to make sure we're going over towards the end of the year. Uh, obviously, there's tons more that are involved in, in uh, you know, full financial plan. But these are some things that are good to think about, look over, um, you know, towards towards the end of the year when it comes to, you know, your investments and, and your financial plan. Tanner, are there any pre-tax benefits or employer benefits that we should uh, with open enrollment now that we should pay attention to? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a few things to unpack there in that question. Uh, we touched a little bit um, uh, earlier on on wanting to, you know, if you want to max out or increase contributions um, to an employer retirement plan, uh, you know, you have obviously till the end of the year to get those added in there. Um, as far as the, you know, kind of pre-tax type things. Um, but when it comes to, you know, more of the benefit side, you know, depending upon where you are, when you're listening to this, you know, each, each, uh, you know, business is slightly different and every state has, um, you know, different, different rules on when open enrollment timeframe is. So you may be towards the end when you're listening to this, you may be somewhere in the middle of this open enrollment period it really just kind of depends, but you know, you want to look at that, look at your employee benefits, what's provided by your work. You know, do you want to, um, switch your medical insurance for any reason to a different, you know, uh, option with inside the plan. Do you want to, um, you know, is, is the dental provided is, is, uh, you know, eye care provide any of those things you want to add, take out whatever's going on. Do they offer, you know, a life insurance component that you want to stop paying for or at, you know, again, all things that, that are within your financial plan, but you get, you know, through work, you know, unfortunately you get only this set period of time to get all those things, um, calculated and, and readdressed for the upcoming year. Um, you know, you can also set, uh, you know, your retirement account percentage that's getting pulled out of your account. Maybe you want to switch from everything going into the traditional side of a 401k to some or all of it going into the Roth side, depending upon your, your situation, you know, all of those different things that hopefully you're working on with your advisor, um, or it's just, you know, obviously this is the open enrollment period. And so it's a good time to review all of those and make sure that everything that you have set up is good to go or make any changes that's necessary for 2022. And then that's actually really good, uh, you know, lead way into the the last point and it's a good time to start um you know reflect reflecting on on 2021 uh, it's been another <laughs> another crazy year hopefully it's been a you know a very successful year for you um you know as a as a listener um and you know just reflecting on the year in and of itself from a personal standpoint from a family standpoint from a um you know spiritual standpoint uh, from a business standpoint, investment standpoint, financial planning, you know, all of that. Just kind of good time to reflect. You're going to be with family coming up, you know, around the holidays. Um, and just thinking about how the year went, how could it uh, potentially have gone better? Um, and once you've kind of done that reflection, it's uh, good to, you know, sit down and, all right, now that We've gone through that, things that went well, things that didn't go well, and, and how we could potentially address that, um, you know, setting some goals for 2022. Um, and obviously, since this is a financial podcast, it'd be, you know, 
What financial goals do you have? Do you need to make any review your financial plan overall with your advisor? Are there, you know, are you on track? Are you ahead of schedule? Are you behind schedule? Um, what changes do you need to make in the next year to stay on track or to get back on track? Um, you know, different things like that. Uh, just good time to, you know, set those goals going into 2022 and so that you have plenty of time to think about them and, and, uh, you know, set, set meaningful goals that, that you, you know, really want to accomplish and, and will stick with throughout, throughout the next year. How many goals or what's a realistic when, when setting goals, what are some of the realistic things that you're looking at? Um, I, uh, that's, that's a tough question to ask. Um, just because it's a good question. Just, uh, it's hard to answer cause everybody's different. Um, you know, every financial plan is different. Um, and, and so it's, it's really, and that's why mm-hmm. I said reflect on things, you know, like deeply reflect. I, I really try to do that, you know, with my business. Um, December is the time where I, you know, think about how to, how did the year go? What, you know, what things did we do really well? What things could we improve on? Um, you know, what, what things do I want to provide more, you know, to my clients, uh, than we haven't been, you know, different things like that. And, and once you know where you are and and what your goals are, you're going to know which goals are the priority. Um, I mean, you don't want to have 50 goals, probably that's probably way too many, but you know, Maybe you only have one. I, I, I don't want to say that, that there isn't enough. I mean, zero is probably not good. But, you know, if you have one goal and, and it is that meaningful to you and it's that powerful and, you know, if you accomplish that one thing, your life is going to be so much better. Hey, that's okay. Like, go accomplish that one really powerful goal. I think that, that that's okay. I don't think there's a minimum number again as long as you have at least one. And, you know, you don't want to have too many goals that it becomes, um, you know, convoluted and, you, and, and just, you know, too much of a mess that, that you can't keep track of everything. And, and, and but you want to, you want to set those and find the things that are most impactful, most meaningful to you and most impactful in your life. And I'd prioritize those, you know, um, not trying to be a counselor here to anybody by any means. Uh, but that is kind of a little bit of, of, you know, the job is, is, you know, helping clients through any of those situations. And, and that's, that's what I'd say. I, you know, once you've reflected, think about what's most, what's gonna, you know, what's most meaningful. That's an emotional thing. No one can answer that, but you, and then also then, you know, mirror that with, well, what's also most gonna, gonna have the most impact. You know, if I accomplish this, what's gonna have the most impact on my life. And, and then, you know, I, I'd set the goals in, in that priority and obviously, work the hardest on the ones that are going to be most impactful to your life and, and the most meaningful to you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Good motivation going right. into the end of the year. Right, right, right. Anything else we want to touch on for this episode, Tanner, when we're talking about uh, checklists for the end of the year and heading into 2022? No, no, I, I think that I think that's good. Um, you know, if you if you've listened to this and and if you need to go, but hopefully you've been writing them down, or if you need to go back through and kind of go through all the different um, you know things on the checklist that that we went through, um, you know that you'll be set up really well. You you'll 
it's good. If you accomplish all those that, that apply to you, um, you'll be rolling into 2022 in a really good spot. Awesome. We're, we're, well, we're planning to have what two more, two more episodes come out, um, for 2021. Um, we're recording this around Thanksgiving, so we're, we're thankful for our listeners. Um, again, be on the lookout for two more episodes, um, before the end of the year. Um, and as we head into 2022, um, we've recorded seven episodes so far. So we'll, by the end of 2021, we'll have, um, nine and, uh, we're excited about the podcast. We're thankful for our listeners. It's a perfect time to, to kind of reflect for us. Um, so we hope this, this episode and all of our episodes have been helpful and and we thank you for listening. If you haven't yet, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review. That's the best thing that you guys can do to support us. Uh, We're committed to continuously providing the most accurate and relevant content to you, our listener. So if you have any questions or suggestions, shoot us an email at podcast at financiallysharp.com. That's podcast at financiallysharp.com. Thanks again. See you in the next episode. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. This podcast does not engage in rendering legal, tax, financial, or other professional services. Investment advisory services are offered through Harmony Wealth, a registered investment advisor authorized to do business in states where registered or otherwise exempt from registration. If you have questions pertaining to your specific situation, please contact Harmony Wealth at 602-935-5155 or at HarmonyWealthAZ.com. 